Chicago is more than great food, iconic sports, legendary music, and crooked politicians. It's a community of people who, at their core, care about one another and their city. We're chatting with new and native Chicagoans about all things local on The Chicagoan Podcast. How you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce. Welcome to The Chicagoan Podcast. Today, I'm joined by the CEO and founder of Champs Mentoring, Vondell Singleton. Vondell, thank you for being here, brother. Man, thank you for having me, man. It's a blessing. <sighs> you're a blessing, man, to, to so many man, in Chicago and what, the work you're doing. We just had an incredible conversation. But for those who don't know, tell us a little bit about Champs and, and the work that you're doing here in Chicago. Yeah, Champs uh, stands for Culturally Helping and Making Positive Success. And we believe that every young person is born to win, which is our motto, in every situation in life. So we are a mentoring program. Uh, specializing in social emotional learning, mental health development, and leadership development. And it all sounds great, right? I mean, you hear that and there's so many organizations who do that, right. but the problems in the world wouldn't exist uh, if, if really those organizations could tap into the people that you're really helping, which are the ones that people will even tell you, hey, why are you helping those kids or why are you doing that? You're, you're talking to some of the toughest kids in Chicago, you know, some, some of the, the, the most underserved kids, right? Yeah. You know, I, I think our population and demographic are the ones who need it the most. Absolutely. Yeah. So if if I think about, you know, as a kid, if there was a champs program when I was younger and their age, I probably would be even further than where I'm at right now. So I think just the education, empowerment and exposure, which are three E's that we really focus on. And, and when we say education, we're not talking about everybody get a college degree. We're talking right. about finding your passion and learning. Uh, your depth. So whether it's a certification, a license, um, you know, a degree or whatever that pathway is, you have to be learning. You have to be growing. You have to be strengthening your mind and being in the company of those individuals that will sharpen you. And then from an empowerment piece, you have to find that inspiration, that hope that's going to motivate you from taking that one step, you know, of saying like, this is where I come from. This is what I'm accustomed to. This is my community to like that next step and whatever that next Next step is that's where champs come in and we say, let's explore it together. We don't know what it is. It may be culinary arts. You know, it may be business. It may be law. It may be sports. It may be entertainment. We don't know, but we want to put you around positive energy that will help you figure that out. And then, of course, you know, when we talk about exposure, exposure is everything. Absolutely. You know, exposure is everything. And that's the difference, I think with what we're doing organically with boots on the ground. Mm -hmm. I'm not a CEO with a big office downtown, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. through a glass mirror coming in with the suit and tie on. You know, I'm the CEO that have a, a pulse to the streets and I want to know what young man I need to mentor, what young man do I need to push in this direction to help him see the light so he can find himself and create that, that identity for himself. I love that. And, and who better to tell him and, and be that mentor than you coming from Chicago and like you were telling me earlier, your third generation just from the Projects here in yep. Chicago, right? Yep. Third yeah. generational project kid, Ida B. Wells, Bronzeville community. Um, and, you know, so, you know, coming to the projects as, as a little boy and coming through the projects as a little boy, of course, I was exposed to a lot. I saw a lot at an early age. I, I mean, saw Ida my B. Wells, mom, that was man, rough. That Ida was B. A... Wells, it was, it was definitely some rough times, some tough times. It taught me a lot. It showed me a lot. Um, and, and, and that's why I have the empathy that I do. Uh, I get it because I was that kid. I was the kid who who mom was a sweet mom and she, you know, she loved really hard, but she got addicted to the, the drugs, yeah. the, the, epi the drug epidemic in the 1980s, man. It rocked our world and we still haven't recovered from that. Absolutely. 
Um, so, you know, to see my mom struggle, um, you know, at an early age. And again, she was a loving woman. Um, she was a sweet woman. I wish she had a mentor. I wish she had somebody that could have cuffed her and showed her the pathway and say, go in this direction. Don't go in that direction because it's going to end in death. Now, drugs did not uh, take my mom's life, but it played a big part in her life all the way up until her death. She died at 29. Wow. You know, so she never had a chance to see the light at 30. Wow. That's a baby. I'm, 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 I'm going to be 42 next month. Wow. So, you know, for me, you know, losing a mom at an early age and I was 14, my brother was nine or 10. You know, I knew that I was going to have to fight that much harder, that I didn't have uh, the, the familial support that I would need to process life. And so, man, that's why I thank God for mentorship. And that's really what saved your life. I mean, yes. I mean, some of these stories you hear and they're, and they're wonderful, but um, from your mentors and things that you've experienced wouldn't have happened if those things early on weren't there where they're pouring into you that love that you didn't get from other places, right? Which seems like everything that you're trying to do now for, for this generation uh, of youth. What did you find that had to happen within yourself not so much at the mentors. I mean, they're doing what they can, right? But it becomes about that individual, as I'm sure you know very well, that when they make that decision, that's when their life begins to change. What was it for you that having seen what you saw and also very young parents, right? Teenage parents when they had you. Right. What was it about you that had to change to then embrace this mentorship at that time that you were going through these struggles? Man, Tony, that's a. I think that's a phenomenal question. And, you know, on this road of identity formation is what I like to call it. Like at the age of 14, I had no idea who I was. Um, and there were a lot of people around that I learned from their examples in terms of what to do and what not to do without them explicitly telling me, hey, uh, don't do drugs or uh, don't drink or, you know, don't, you know, don't start something and don't finish it. I think for me to to even have the mindset, it was like loss taught me a lot. What I saw taught me uh, what not to do by watching people do things and then consequences would come that way. For instance, my father, who was young, uh, Bronzeville kid, out of B. Wells Housing Project, youngest of nine, you know, uh, my dad came from a family where they had the same mother and father, all nine kids. You know, my grandfather came uh, in 1921 to Chicago. You're from Mississippi. And when you look at our history, our ancestral history, you know, Bronzeville is considered a black metropolis because there was so many people from the South that migrated to Chicago for, for free opportunities, right? They wanted to get away from the Jim Crow laws and the slavery days. I mean, it was bad down there. Man, it was really bad. So my father, uh, my grandfather, when he migrated in 1921, he married my grandmother in 1923. And I had to do the ancestry DNA to kind of go back and, and see my history. But there was a question that they would ask everybody in Mississippi. They would go do the census and knock on the doors. And it was a, a literacy question. Can you read or write? How many people in the house could read or write? And I looked at the scripts. No one in the house could read or write. Wow. Right. And that was supposed to be your ticket to freedom, your ticket to opportunity. And so when he moved here, 
um, you know, there was a lot of things that the family had to sacrifice. So my father being the baby, the youngest, he was the one that was supposed to go to college and achieve and be the first one. And that didn't quite happen. He tried to, and he got caught into the systems of, you know, of selling drugs, of doing drugs. Uh, and when he got incarcerated, when I was a young man, after my mom died, you know, I lived with a family friend. And that mentor, he was the one that gave me the blueprint. And it wasn't the blueprint to say, hey, I'm a perfect man. Follow this. It was a blueprint to say, I can show you what's possible. Have you ever flown on a plane before? Here I am, 17. No, I've never flown on a plane before. And I'm sitting here answering as if this is normal. And that was really abnormal. Right. A lot of kids at 17 have flown across the world. Right. And that was my first flight. And that's what changed it for me. And when I had the chance to, to visit uh, UC Berkeley, uh, Stanford University on my first flight to San Francisco to Pier 39 to visit Alcatraz, it was something that happened within that trip that my mentor extended to me that I saw myself differently. And... Within eight months, I enrolled into college, and within four years, wow. I was calling that mentor saying, what do I need to do to pay you back? Because it happened so fast. Wow. My life changed so fast, but that was the start of it. It was the exposure. It was being in that Upward Bound program where I was being exposed, going to different places and seeing different things, <clears throat> and also seeing myself, even though I wasn't at Stanford, I saw myself at a college. I can visualize myself. I saw real palm trees. It wasn't just the encyclopedia. It was like you saw a picture in an encyclopedia. I was telling the kids that was our internet back then. It was A through Z, <laughs> and it was books. And and you can and they look were expensive. It. Man, they were expensive. <laughs> but you see a palm, a picture of a palm tree yeah. next to the P, right? But to actually see it at, in California and say, "Wow, this is amazing. This is what I saw in the picture." Right. It did something to my brain cells. It opened them up, and I realized, man, this could be me, and it was me. And wow. so now, yeah, yeah. I heard once that uh, Andy Carne Andrew Carnegie had said that the best thing that can happen to a child is to be born into poverty. And mm -hmm. the reason is because of the struggle, the pain, that, that you, you see life differently than when it's all handed to you. But obviously, you know, that's not always true that people don't ascend from that. They, can, they remain impoverished. But for you, it seemed like, you know, those experiences that you were able to see that you said wasn't normal, right? Not, not at 17 to have not flown on a plane, but... That seems to be a narrative that we don't we take for granted when we kind of living in that normal life that I'm sure that you probably still see today that kids at 17 sometimes don't even get to go downtown, never been in a high rise, never, you know, seen those things that we absolutely take for granted on a day to day basis. Right. When at what point for you, when when you made that connection of, you know, experiences can lead to the belief that it's possible for one. Right. How did you incorporate that? that's what I'm hearing if, if you know if I'm kind of hearing that correctly for you as part of the, the the champs mentorship program to really open people's eyes your students your 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 then they're young adults right, um, right. and then all men all young men yeah, or is 12 it, and up but but boys yep, right that's boys, the idea yep. you know for these boys you I mean I, I could only imagine that it just you see the light bulb actually go off right right how, how do you incorporate that into the program to give those experiences catered around what you don't even know about them. They don't, they don't know what they don't know, right? Right, right. Yeah, just tell me about a little bit about that. Yeah, exposure, like I said, I think is critically important to what we do. And part of that is because of my personal experience with it. Um, and as I said, 
it was one thing to be able to see things and learn organically from watching people who made mistakes and saying, oh, okay, this is what not to do. Um, I can't go down that path because that's what's going to happen to me. But it's another thing for someone to show you the right way, right? It's one thing to say, hey, I ain't going to gangbang. But what are you going to do? Right. <laughs> like, what are you connected to? So if you're not gangbanging, are you going to play basketball? Are you going to um, be involved with a club? Are you going to engage time with education and school? Are you going to make money? You just can't say you're not going to do something without being attached to something. Amen. And so for us as a champs program, it's not about saying, hey, don't don't be a part of a gang. Don't sell drugs. Don't drink. Don't do all that. It's like, what are we doing to show them what's possible? And so I think for me, the exposure piece and the opportunities that we have provided for our young people is centered around getting them in an environment where they can see something that their brain cells will illuminate and light up and they will say, you know what, this is what's po- this is my path that I want to take. And then once you take that path, not forgetting the steps on how you get you got there, the blueprint, that formula right. or that blueprint to somebody else. And, and I think that's also a key where you hear young men that have gone through the program. They say, hey, Mr. Singleton, we want to make an impact like you or they say in generality, we want to give back to our community. Wow. Because they see this is the essence of what's working. I had an 18 year old boy tell me the other day, he said, I get it now. I see, like it took me a few years to get it. And he told me this Saturday, he was like, Mr. Singleton, man, this is it right here. This is the vibe. This is the move right here. And he said, now you've influenced me that whatever path, and he want to go into the military, he want to own his own business, he want to do all these things, he said. But he at the dreams. end of it, he has dreams. He said, at the end of it, I want to do the same thing you did for me for somebody else. So now I get it. It's like we pay it forward so that can be the new thing, right? It's not like the crab in the barrel, everybody getting up and pushing everybody down. It's like, no, we all can win. And now we can we can share the secret sauce to everybody. It's a, it's enough room for everybody to win. It's Absolutely. enough room for everybody to play a part. It's <laughs> enough room for everybody to be great and to and to show people that power and to unlock that in somebody else. And I think that's also the key. It's like, yeah, we want to explore. We want to travel. We want to do all of these ex- exposure trips. But we want them to also say, you know what? I can make it. And maybe my cousin or little pookie them on the block, <laughs> you know, I can share this experience yeah. that I'm having. And maybe they may say, hey, can I be a part of the group? Or what do I need to do to be down? And that's what's happened. Like people always ask, how, how do I get my boys a part of the program? It's through word of mouth now because now they're sharing and swapping experience in school. We got young men joining the program every single day. So many that I can't even count anymore. And that's a good problem to have. It's like, okay, now how do we sustain it? How do we build capacity? All of those conversations we're having because the program has grown so much and it's all organic and it's nothing scripted. But again, just providing the opportunities uh, bringing that exposure to life and paying it for That's incredible. That's incredible. What an incredible story. And I'm sure just to hear those, you know, those words being uttered by a student, by anyone really, but to have that impact that you've had in someone's life to pay it forward is incredible. Now, I can't imagine that <clears throat> it, it, everything you're saying is, is success, right? You, you have good problems. You're growing. But I'm sure in the beginning it wasn't like that that when you have an idea and it's just getting started, you got to get buy-in, and buy-in isn't always easy. Yeah. Tell me about 
when when you know first things first started and and what that struggle was like and how you overcame some of those struggles no that's good uh so i I think you know oftentimes we have these elaborate dreams and goals and we expect the whole world to see it with us and everything with the snap of a finger is going to be there yeah um but that's not life and do we want it to be that way like i like to grit and grind because i'm 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 from i'm from the what they say the gutter right i'm from the bottom and and nothing came easy to me. No one gave me anything. Right. And and I appreciate that now. Um, and so, you know, earlier on, I would say the, the biggest obstacle were the people around me that I thought would support me. The biggest obstacle were the people in my building that questioned why I was spending time with boys and young men of color. And here I am as the assistant principal trying to transform and, and use uh, education as reformation, right? And they like, why is he spending time with these boys, the bad kids? And so no one ever came to me directly, but I would hear it. Of course. And, and I would feel it and sense it. Or it's like, why is he spending his time with his community? I've had, I've had, literally had somebody come into my office and ask me about what I was doing. And I'm like, how can you question what I'm doing as a black man for boys and young men of color? Who else is doing what I'm right? doing? Like, w- why would you even question the fact that I'm spending time over here on a Saturday away from my wife and kids and think that is not good or helping the overall uh, the overall goal of, of education, right? And not only that, but those are the same people who are going to complain about the violence in the street, about the crime, yeah. about this, and not doing anything about it, and then complain yeah. about the ones actually right. trying. And so th- those questions actually motivated me even more That's to say I'm going all in on this and one day I'm going to be doing this. And so that's today. So the stuff that we were doing nine nine years ago uh, that were being questioned is now being embraced, is now being respected and supported in, in, the, in the areas of resource. And, and, and now it's like, oh, now we get it. We see why you're doing it. Because the same kid that they didn't want to, you know, to spend that time on and say he's in the NFL now, you know, or the the kid who was getting in trouble or they have written off, he's my program director now. And so now they see the success of some of the young men that I was spending the time with and seeing, you know, the paths that they decided to choose in life and say, oh, now we get it. Now that makes sense. And then, you know, going in the pocket, it wasn't a budget. So on Saturdays, we wanted to buy the food because we wanted the kids to eat before they left Saturday. We got a bunch of boys in here. They probably haven't had the opportunity to eat lunch. Let's go in our pockets and let's let's figure out, you know, how to get get lunch, you know. And, and those were the things that meant a lot to me. And uh, and so now, man, it, it's just amazing just to see the program grow. The, the, the question that I get asked often is what keeps me up at night? And the thing that still keeps me up at night is when I turn on the news, I still see both sides of the gun. I see the perpetrator and the victim. And nine times out of 10, they look like me. Yeah. They look like a black boy that I should be mentoring. And so I'm never at a place where like we've arrived, but I do believe we have a blueprint. And I do believe that blueprint should be supported, replicated, sustained. Um, and then ultimately, you know, expand it. I, I mean, I haven't seen too many organizations doing what you do. I mean, there are a lot of great organizations of people with, with the heart to want to, to make that impact and, and, and a difference. What do you find now that where you've got this momentum, right? You've overcome some of those things. You know where people stand with you more right. than anything else. What do you find is 
the, the most successful for you in terms of a strategy to grow this? To like, what is making it so that people want to join now? No, that's 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 wonderful. I, I think the the proof is in the pudding, as they say, right? Um, they see uh, Lil Johnny before he got in the program. He goes through the program, and now Lil Johnny's going home talking about what he's learning at at a champ Saturday session. Or if we in a school, you know, I had a young man come to me yesterday, and he was like, "Hey, man, look, I don't know what I want to do with my life, but it's cool what you're doing. I love how you keep coming back to our school every week." And then we took some kids to the Bulls game the other day. And I asked them, I'm like, man, how many times have y'all been to the Bulls game? And these West Side kids, they was like, this is our first time. I'm like, how old are you? Oh, I'm 18. I'm 17. This is my first experience. I always wanted to go to, the, to, a, to a Bulls game. Wow. And so for me, it's like, what if we able to replicate this across urban America and say, you know, we have a program that's creating a safe environment where kids don't feel like they're being judged or ridiculed for who they are. They bring in their full self. And we, we actually asking them about them. And then we learn, and okay, he just said he loves to cook. All right, can we create a culinary arts experience? So, oh, yeah, let me call Victor Love, who owns Josephine's Restaurant on 79. Mm -hmm. Hey, Vic, man, uh, we got some kids that need to learn how to cook. Can you open up your restaurant and can I bring all my champs? How many are you going to bring? Uh, 40. Let me just bring 40, you know, young men on a Saturday. Oh, yeah, we'll make that happen. So that's wow. what we did last Saturday. Wow. Right? We brought 40 young men, and they were taught by a chef on how to prepare the proper way to sanitize and, you know, how long to cook this and cook that. Then we ate what we cooked and what we learned. We experienced it. So now it's like you can go out and be a culinary arts chef, or I can show you how to be one. I can yeah. connect you with somebody there, yeah. and now you have a network that you can rely on. So that's what Champs really is ultimately going and doing. It's the innovation behind mentorship. It's not just like, hey, let's go to a Cubs game at Wrigley, right, and eat a hot dog, and that's mentorship. No, it's like let's find out why we eating a hot dog, what you want to be, and let's get as many people around you that's going to help you get there. That's so amazing. it's creating these pathways and pipelines is is where I like to tell people where mentorship is and where mentorship needs to be going and what mentorship looks like. It's making impact and allowing their dreams and their goals to inspire what we do as mentors. And then the second thing I would say is, it's not this master teacher philosophy. Like I have all the answers because I'm the mentor, but it's a co-expert philosophy. I learn from my mentee just as much as they learn from me. And that keeps me on my toes is like the young people keep me young because I, I learn a lingo from them. You know what I mean? Yeah. I learn what words are in. I learn what they're talking about. I learn the TikToks. I learn the social media, not so I can do them. But I, I want to know how yeah. I can impact them even better Absolutely. by the information that they're giving me. Absolutely. And I think that's that's <clears throat> equally important. And that's why I tell people I'm going to be 85, a champs mentor. I'm going to die doing this because there's no way once you can get so far in it that you can get out of it now. Absolutely. So if people listening want to get involved, they want to help, how can they do that? If you want to help or get involved with the Champs Mentoring Program, we're definitely open for volunteers, uh, donors. Uh, you can go to www.champsmentoring.com, and there are a few links. There's a partnership link. There's a Champs in Schools, Champs in the Community. Uh, if you want us to come to your school and, and work with your young people there or your staff, go ahead and click and fill out the information. If you want to donate, there's a donate button. Uh, we definitely, definitely savor your donations and opportunities. If you want to volunteer, there's a link for that. So we would love for you to follow us at Champs uh, Mentoring on all social media sites.
page, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, Facebook. We there. Thank you so much, not only for being here and sharing part of your story, but also for all the amazing things you're doing for our community, for our youth, you know, just for our city. It's incredible. And, and anything we can do to help and support, you, know, you have our, our love and, and support as well. So thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it.